world, I'm Eric Dye. I'm Jeremy Smith. And I'm Coach Schneider. And you're listening to the 166th Church Mag Podcast. That makes us want to come back. The fact that you were Jesus in that person is huge for us. And you're able to look at it through your unique perspective, and you're able to figure out exactly what needs attention to be awesome. Any way going to help you with that mission, then do them like anything else in that mission, and do them with excellence. This week's podcast is brought to you by Jeremy's Church Tech Devotional, Rebuilding. This devotional can be done on your own or with an entire church tech team, week by week, day by day, however you like. This devotional is for Church Tech by Church Tech. Get refreshed. Learn more about this Church Tech devotional on the Church Mag Press website at churchmag.press. That's churchmag.press. This week on the podcast, we talk about a recent blog post written by Jeremy on experiencing church tech from the eyes of a church visitor. How would your church measure up? Please join the conversation. Send us an email at podcast at churchmag or use the hashtag CMAGCast. Now, let the fun begin. Welcome to another episode of the Church Mag Podcast. I here along with Jeremy Smith and Phil Schneider. And we are sitting here trying to figure out what the topic might be. And I, I got an idea. I got an idea of what we can talk about. And that is, a few weeks ago, Jeremy wrote an article about church shopping. And he was talking about some different thoughts that he had because he recently moved and he's looking for a new church. And he was talking about church tech from a church visitor's point of view. Very interesting. Very good article. You should check it out. It's on Church Mag. And as I was as I was reading it, I was thinking about my own church and how convoluted the Wi-Fi, the wireless can be in the church. Basically, what happens is if you don't get there early, then you can't log on to the Wi-Fi. And it's such a little thing, right? Such a little thing. But not having public accessible Wi-Fi, for instance... When you go to a church as a visitor, like I'm, I'm a member. I've I've gone there. Okay, I go there now. Now that we came back from the states, and it bugs me. I can't imagine as a visitor what you might feel like. You go to log on to your U version, or you just maybe you're bored. I don't know. And you go to log on, and you can't get any cell reception because buildings, and you can't log onto the Wi-Fi because it doesn't just it doesn't work. Like it's open and it's free. They got that part right at my church, but it's not actually functioning properly if you get there at a regular time because I guess it gets too crowded or something. And so just that little simple thing can really can tarnish somebody who's visiting, you know, when they come there and it's something simple that that they're used to having. Um, so that's my two cents on that. But Jeremy, a little bit about your experience shopping around and uh, church tech through the eyes of church visitors. So for those that you hear the word church shopping, they're going to really hate that idea. It wasn't necessarily shopping in the sense of what's good for me and my family, because there's obviously an issue there. But theological stuff aside, um, it was interesting to because... Not only do we want to go to a church that is going to help in the sense like security for my kids, which there's a huge tech piece of that. Um, if you cannot help me protect my kids, I'm probably not going to go to your church. And there's also just the absolute things that are blaringly obvious, like, as you said, Wi-Fi. Now, there are some things I feel like are good and some things that are bad. When I moved, I'm going to a church right now. We're trying to do a one-month stint per church just to kind of get the full experience, especially since it's summer and some senior pastors are out. 
But with this first church that we're going to, it's just amazing to see some of the things that are missing and gl- feels glaringly missing. Like this church we're going to right now does not have a version event. And if you know about version events, version is the Bible app on your phone. You can set up events where you basically put your entire bulletin on the phone so they can have access to it not only there, but when they walk out and you know you throw away the church bulletin almost always. And they don't have that at all. They don't have the links directly to give online, which they have online giving, but they don't have a direct link there. They um, have all that other stuff that is clearly missing. But then they also have like the environmental projection system that I've not been accustomed to in a church setting. And so that was fun to see where the entire decorations are via projection along the entire front wall. And then very quickly and very seamlessly, they put the video up of the pastor that's preaching on the two sides, especially if you're sitting in the back. And so just the presentation is very nice feeling and it's nice feeling, but it's not essential where I would say the U version event thing would be very, very nice to have. And so that was difficult in just some of the different regards of knowing church tech wise, most people aren't going to look at that. My wife doesn't see those things when we go to that new church. Yeah, that that's, that's really interesting. And, and e- even though, yeah, you know, I'm the first person to say a lot of these things are not the most important. Recently, Phil, someone retweeted Phil or or quoted Phil talking about saying that that, that the the best church marketing or advertising you can have is a changed life, and I firmly believe that. At the same time, uh, when if you're going to be putting forth the effort to provide church tech or to do church tech. Doing it well is important because if you're not going to do it well, then you know you probably shouldn't be doing it at all. And and even something simple like church announcements, how you present a church announcement, whether you're doing it with a with slides, whether you're doing a video, whether you're um, you, you've uh, invited somebody or you have somebody that regularly does it that goes up and communicates to to everybody in the audience, you know your transitions and, and these kind of things. It isn't necessary. It, clearly, it's not about showmanship. It isn't about having polish. It's not like you're putting on a show. What it really is about is people being comfortable. And when you have a church vis- visitor, whether they're there because they're curious about Christianity or they're there because they're new to the area and they're looking for a home church. Or even if it's somebody who's been going there for years, these things should function in a way that is comfortable and feels nice and is good and, you know, captures your attention when there's, you know, lots of silence and there's awkwardness. It just, you know, it's not, it's not, it's not a nice experience and, and we can do better. Let me make a direct correlation to this that I've actually done some research on the back end is obviously with moving, there's a lot of other changes going on in our lives, including insurance. And Liberty Mutual is who we had. They're not sponsored by any means, though. Throw us some of that money. We'll definitely say pay us more. Um, the I think the idea of um, when you call Liberty Mutual and you get their phone, at least as of right now when we're talking about this, their machine says, hey, um, do you have an issue with your poly- or with your vehicle? Press 1. If you would like to set up a new policy, press 2. And in my mind, when I hear that, I hear... They care about their customers. That's what they really want to do. Whereas when you call most insurances, because I've called a lot, the first thing they hear is when it's up a new policy, press one. Who's the most important person for that company is getting new people, not taking care of the people that they have. And so for me, that's really interesting to hear that frame of mind of what's going on 
in a in a little piece, but that ultimately is the culture, right? Of we care about our customers so much that we're going to put the new customer second. Like we hope they join us, but we we'll want to take care of you first. You guys are most important. And so coming to that whole conversation about the donut ministry that I always make fun of and really become the church curmudgeon, there's a reason for that. Because I think we're really good at taking care of ourselves and making us feel good. But who thinks about the new visitors? And if you don't actually get them into the church sanctuary, then what is it that you're actually about in this process? Are you worried about taking care of yourself? Which, by all means, that's important. But in my own personal mentality, my own personal approach is I want to get people into the store to hear about Jesus as opposed to let's just take care of me first. And I get that you need to take care of yourself first, but that's where my heart is. Yeah, and sometimes it's it's both, right? So having a good child check-in system takes care of, of your own kids, but it also says something to the visitor, right? It says, look, we care about the safety of the kids or perhaps a church security team. You know, what What does that say? Well, you know, it says that we want to make sure that, you know, if anyone's slinking about or anyone that seems suspicious come through the back door, that we have somebody that's in official position that can actually stop and say, hey, you know, um, you know, w- what are you doing? Right. And so it, it isn't sometimes it's both. And that's why it's good to look at it with that filter, Jeremy. I think, you know, is it just serving us or is it is it serving everybody, right? And if it's serving everybody, then it's it's probably really worthwhile. I think the church tech has a unique angle because most pastors are not thinking necessarily about that unless they've seen another pastor do it really well or someone on a leadership block has posted something about that. And because we're so integrated in the digital aspect, we're most likely part of a Facebook group of other church techies or communicators or designers that we can ask those questions. We can kind of get that feedback loop and kind of hear things in that process. But then we have to take that mentality to our church leaders to say, Hey, have we thought about this? Like, what does this mean for our strategy? Like if your website is full of every wonderful thing that you're doing for your church and doesn't have the address on your church and very plain and simple view, or the fact that you have a children's ministry and how you're going to take care of their children and, and teach them about Jesus, then that means that you, at, at the very fundamental level of thinking about the things that you do, you're you're more worried about taking care of your own people, which the question is, is if that's what you want, then great. But if that's not what you're about and you're not reflecting that in the things that you do, then you actually probably need to reevaluate that strategy. And I think you can do both well, but you have to continue to grow and kind of walk that um, type rope as you go along. Yeah. There, there's a lot of nonverbal things that are said in, in your church tech, in your website. You know, I've, I've seen large churches that were large enough to even have satellite churches. When you go to their church website, all they have is a page about the pastor. There's, there's no pictures or information about the staff or even the satellite church pastors. Right. So the only people that are talked about in the in the church leadership or those serving at the church are the pastors. And so to me, that that speaks volumes. Right. Here you have a church as picture. It has the pictures and a bio of the pastor and and his wife and nobody else. Nobody else, even though they even have people at the satellite churches that serve as pastors like in those satellite churches, but there's no info on them or anyone who's involved in the youth ministries, et cetera. It's only them. So even that communicates something and that might be communicating something. Maybe it's accurately communicating something, right? Maybe, you know, you have a narcissist there, right? Uh, or it's just an oversight. And so, you know, what, 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 you know, what is being said through your actions 
in the church tech realm because that's what that's what we're responsible of ultimately in in this context phil what do you what do you think about some of this we we know that having like a great website or having the, the best visuals is not going to save anyone but if you're going to, if you're going to do those things at all you are at least giving some some credence to the idea that those things can help you in the mission of this, of, of saving souls and discipling believers so if you're going to attempt them at all, if they're going, if, if they're in any way going to help you with that mission, then do them like anything else in that mission and do them with excellence. You know, don't create, don't uh, initiate avenues of, of, of tech and then abandon them and leave them to the wild. Do your best to maintain and to cultivate um, as a good steward. I think that, so in the article, I also talk about the fact that, um, it's really hard for us to see those things because that's where we're at. We're in the thick of it. It's kind of hard to see the trees when you're in the thick of the forest because all you see is trees. You don't see the trees beyond those. And so in the article, I talk about how there's a ministry. There's actually a company through Greg, and you can check the links and all that stuff, that he actually goes as what he calls a secret shopper to people's churches and and actually visits them and gives them critiques of that. And in a church tech realm, I don't know if that's necessarily going to be uber helpful because he's probably got a lot of experience in other things other than tech. But why not go visit another church um, just to collaborate with them? We talk constantly about collaborating with other churches to see what they're doing well. And I think we've talked about that piece of it. But then also encourage a church to come visit yours and not for the sake of stealing another church, which could get tricky and oh my goodness, what are you doing until you realize how much, how beneficial that is. And you do that for them first in having a conversation and then kind of going from there and seeing what that would look like. Yeah. You can, you can even do it with, you could like swap on the same day. Right. And, and you can even get feedback of what, what did it sound like? I mean, worship styles set aside, was it overly loud, you know, or, uh, you know, did it sound, you know, did it sound bad? I mean, and that's just the the audio, you know, what were the slides like? What were, you know, just from, like you said, from the church tech perspective, how you might be able to help each other is huge. Or zoom out and say, based upon what you saw on the service, what do you think we value most? Mm, wow. Yeah. You know, we're just, I was in staffing today at church and we were talking about this exact thing and we're actually making plans for the, for the pastors to go visit some area churches and to learn from other ministers. Um, in fact, when I was, when I was a sound guy, my denomination actually held these things called worship tune-ups. And it was where worship teams and then also occasionally had, they had, um, occasionally they'd have Q and A's for the sound guys. They brought in some like sound experts who like you know, like you know professional guys because most not all but a lot of sound guys are just guys who self trained self taught not always or the musicians you know what I'm saying and they brought in some actual sound engineers to talk to us about some stuff so it was yeah it was really cool and they used to do those at, like once every quarter or every six months our denomination would do it so if you're like in a denomination or a network of churches talk to your other you know other congregations and figure out okay who who's having some success in this area uh, who would like to share on that and then you know share what you know for the sake of the kingdom mm-hmm. yeah and and if churches would work together with that like let's say five or six churches in an area um, got together they could bring in a a real you know, high end sound guy that that knew what he was talking about. Like, if one church did that, the fee would be 
possibly cost prohibitive or it would seem like it was high but if it was you know if it was divided up amongst five or six or seven different churches then the cost would be quite minimal and and the 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 roi on that would be huge plus i i always feel like god blesses blesses those kind of efforts to you know unite his people together and that's i think also a huge testimony to, to the world at large the church can function together as a family and, and I would even say, if you really want to go crazy, and this is just off off my, the top of my brain, why don't you have someone that's never been to church before try out your church? And then what they do within companies that you have, like these subscription models and business, online businesses, have an exit interview. What do you think of the church? Do you think you would want to come back? If you want to come back, what makes you want to come back? And then what have been, what were some of the barriers that made it hard decision to decide to come back? Or if you don't want to come back, why? And what were some of the things that made it consider maybe staying? And just have them give us some honest feedback and celebrate them, whether they say you guys are terrible or celebrate them when they say you guys have changed our lives. And I think that that could be a really good idea, too, of we we need to think outside of our church because we need to get out of our church culture within the church. And then if you have another church come over, we're still in a Christian culture. And if we're trying to reach people that don't understand that Christian culture, that could also be a very beautiful thing too. I think it's going to be tough when we start to implement that church tech realm of, Hey, make sure you evaluate our Wi-Fi and our projection system and all that stuff. That gets a little bit more difficult, obviously. Um, And so maybe there's less tech there. Yeah. There's definitely different layers of, of this, right? You know, there's the usher, there's the parking, there's the sermon, there's, there's a lot of different layers and a lot of things that come into play. But in, in just the area of church tech alone, I think that now more than ever as church techs, we have a lot more in our circle of influence and our responsibility than we ever had before. And we got to take note of that and be mindful of that and be proactive about that. And, you know, really, really be a bright spot for people that uh, yeah. are visiting the church. I mean, I think I think the end result here is, is this. Never do anything on autopilot. You know, if you're, if you're engaged in some aspect of ministry, you need to ask yourself, is this ministry still doing what we tended to do? Is it is what it's doing helping us with our overall mission of, of saving souls and discipling Christians? You know, I just finished reading a book from my church uh, staff called uh, Simple Church. And while it, it's more focused for pastors, I think church techs could do could learn a lot from it in that, like, do you need to continue the cassette ministry, <laughs> you know? Or do you, does your church need to have Twitter, Instagram, and Snapchat? Or do you just need to have a Facebook and an occasional Twitter post? Yeah, I think, I think this is kind of a bottom line, a final takeaway in, in, in this topic. is take, take, for instance, Starbucks, right? Starbucks, when it first started, what they do? They sold coffee, some, as some people call frou-frou coffee drinks. That doesn't really matter. But they're, they're in the business of selling coffee to people. They come off the street. They go in. They get a cup of coffee. They leave, right? But even then, over the last several years, the kind of technology that they have in their store, right? You can, you have the mobile pay that you can pay with your phone. You can order ahead of time on your phone. The music that's, that, that, that's being played, that's being piped in. There's Wi-Fi. There's all these different elements of technology throughout all those systems. They are, are a little bit, I, I would say to some degree, on the edge of technology. And they're just selling coffee. Where is the church in all of that? Where are we on the edge of technology? If we're sitting anywhere on the edge, I'm afraid it might be 
on the wrong edge. It's ironic you mentioned that, Eric, because that's actually an example in that simple church book. And at Starbucks, for all their for all their extras and bonuses and pluses, had to take a step back. I can remember this happening. I think it was maybe 2011 or or 12. Starbucks closed all the stores for a few hours to relearn the art of making coffee. Because mm-hmm. see, they had all this ancillary stuff. They lost the mission of serving good coffee. Yep. So I think that, that while we need to add, need to you know, look at what what people you know if your church doesn't offer guest Wi-Fi, I think you're living a little bit a little bit in the 1980s, you know. <laughs> right. But at the same time, you know, offering guest Wi-Fi if your sermons suck and don't actually present the gospel, you should, it doesn't matter. You might as well just be a Starbucks where you have you have mediocre coffee and good Wi-Fi. Well. I'll, I'll take it one practical step further in the sense of me hating the donut ministry. The fact that you gave me a cup with your church's name on it means nothing to me. I'm not going to come back because of that mug. I'm not even going to care about the fact that you gave me that mug. That mug went into the trash. So thank you for spending about 15 bucks. But the fact that you had that volunteer there that helped us go through every single ministry because we didn't know where we were going, even though you had things perfectly labeled and we were, under pressure with a three, five, two and four month old, five, two year old and four month old and made sure we got each kid checked in and made sure we understood the check in process and what we had to have and reassured us, even though we kind of already knew that that was reassuring that things are going to keep safe. That makes us want to come back. The fact that you were Jesus in that person is huge for us. And the fact that you were able to let us hear and see things really well as far as the church is concerned, and that's the tech aspect of things, makes us want to come back. And so I think that's the important thing. So I'm glad you're giving us a free cup of coffee. I'm going to take it, but I'm not going to come back because that that doesn't mean anything. And get rid of your darn donuts. Yes, it's it's a dynamic mix. There's a lot of moving parts. Um, we, we cert- <laughs> We've never heard Church Mag proposed a magic bullet or a one-hit solution or, you know, magic unicorn dust. There's a lot of things to think about and look look at, and hopefully, you know, on, on this week's podcast, we gave you a few things to think about as you look at your unique church and your unique situation, and you're able to look at it through your unique perspective, and you're able to figure out exactly what uh, what needs attention to be awesome. To be more awesome, because that's what we want to be, right? More awesome. Unless you're Phil. In which case, you can't get much more awesome than me, because otherwise it'd be a theological crime. Z. Send us an email, subscribe, and search for previous episodes of the Church Mag Podcast by visiting Church Mag. You'll find a link on the main menu. Go to churchm.ag. That's Church Mag, churchm.ag. Until next week. The Church Mag Podcast is proudly hosted on buzzsprout.com. <laughs> 